Archibald's, two Archibald's and an Alan Archibald. Hello and welcome to day nine of our 12 Days of Archie series where today we're going to look back on a famous victory at Rugby Park from 2015 which was the last time we scored more than three goals in a league fixture. Birthday of Christmas, which you okay to me? Five Archibalds! Rhys Jenkins begins by telling us where this win left us in our league campaign that year. This 5-2 win came in what was well, definitely the best period of the season for us. It was in the middle of a four-game win streak where we beat Inverness, Kelly, Dundee United and Ross County before drawing with the Aberdeen and then losing 1-0 to Celtic. It also came during a 10-game spell where we actually won six games, drew three and only lost one and that was a 4-0 loss to Hearts. The game saw Thistle fans reunited with ex-players Conrad Balatoni and Callum Higginbottom who left the club in strange circumstances that summer. I I just I I literally used to fanboy over Higginbotham. Um, I thought he was I thought he was brilliant. Um, I don't think we've really seen a creative player, and it'd be all, we all thought Sonata was going to be that type of, type of player last season, but obviously it didn't work out. But. Uh, same. I, I I don't know what it was about Callum Higginbottom that sort of inspired that loyalty, and like it was a case of if you loved him, you absolutely loved him unconditionally. Mm. Like I know people kind of turned like he didn't have the best season like at the end, uh, in his last season with herself. But uh, I remember he, start, he started season. off pretty well, but um, the, the second season I remember to get a couple of goals. Or oh, this is hanging, hanging bottom. This is he's back to his best, and he just I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I'm sure he picked up an injury, and he just fell a bit after that. But um, it's weird. Like he had that sort of quality whereby if he was in the bench or something like that, uh, even though he'd done quite bad, and you'd right. be like, you'd be like, bring on Higginbottom, he'll do something. Even right. though he had no track record over the last four months of right. doing anything, you were still like. But he can do it. He's shown it before, and right. uh, I I was gutted when he left. Even though he hadn't right. had the best season, I was absolutely gutted. And I think the way he left, mind you, was a bit dodgy. Like, I remember he, I think he was on he was on the interview saying, "Oh, I hate plastic pitches. I hate this." And then he signed for Kelly, who just fucking put it in a plastic pitch. And I think that kind of damaged his reputation Tampered a bit. Because um, um, I remember we played Kelly. Uh, I like uh, I was getting a lift there. This is uh, before I started taking the sports bus. This is the reason why I started taking the sports bus. Uh, I was getting a lift there and the tyre burst and I missed the whole first half. So I missed uh, <laughs> I missed both of Dylan's goals and I missed Josh McGuinness's goal. Yeah, the first goal was uh, Stevie Lawless cutting inside and then he plays a wee cut back through to Dylan who's just standing on and he tucks it past the keeper. Those kind of goals from like 6 to 10 yards out were just peak Dylan for me because, you know, it's just so clinical and calm. It's those positions where players usually start to get nervous and, and fluff their lines. Like, we've had many strikers over the years. Think like Adi Aziz, Matthias Pogba, even Connor Salmon. These guys will just, will just never have that kind of clinical edge, even though they've got the other attributes that Dylan might not have. Our second goal is a ball whipped in from Gary Fraser, and then it basically just flies right over all the defenders, all the Thistle players, and then Dylan just sneaks in in the six-yard box at the back post and just nods at home. Dylan loved a goal against Kilmarnock. He did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he did, he... yeah, yeah. He scored against them that season. He scored twice against them at home, then twice against them away. 
Then he scored against them away again. Remember that uh, a two-nil game that confirmed our safety. He scored against them. Then. Yeah, I always remember it just being a running thing of um, you know Dylan like Kilmarnock fans genuinely feared Dylan at a point because they knew every single game that they played against him he was going to score. Kelly got to go back and it's uh, a ball whipped in and I think it's a young Liam Lindsay, about 20. Uh, he's basically completely unmuscled by McGuinness who just holds him off and then volleys at home. Kelly pulled a goal back to stay in the game before an unlikely hero stepped up to take the game away from the home side. And this is uh, Robbie Muirhead's first involvement in the game. He's on the right-hand side and he just drills across along the ground, which makes it past far too many bodies, and it uh, basically rolls through to Gary Fraser. Uh, yeah, I was pretty raging, but uh, I arrived, obviously, and uh, I did get to see the best goal of the night. Obviously, Gary Fraser scored to make the 3-1, then Robbie Muirhead scored that cracker. What a goal that was. Uh, it's only a good game for us, basically. Yeah, so from here, it's pretty much the Robbie Muirhead show. The next goal is the one we all remember, and it's the one where he cuts in from the right, looks up, and he absolutely zings into the top right corner. I think that's got to be the best goal of his career, surely. For me, this game's just uh, Robbie Muirhead's thistle career, beginning and ending, all in one game. Yeah, it was, in fact, the only two goals he scored for us, and to be fair to the guy, he only put, only had four starts in the league with eight appearances in total. He's gone on to have quite an interesting career path, where after he was with us, he was at Hearts for a season, or not even a full season, then at MK Dons, and then he spent a full season at MK Dons before going to the Infirmary for a year, and then he's been at Morton for the last year and a half. But yeah, I don't think he scored a league goal for Dunfermline or Morton, so I think we were lucky to get two out of him in the one game. We do then concede a second, but it's a dreadful one to concede. It's just a looped ball in, and then a looped header over Scully, and it's really not, not a good goal. Rhys Jenkins makes a case for his unsung hero of the game, Stevie Lawless. So our fifth and final goal is that's a really nice ball over from Lawless and he hits it across the box, kind of picks out Muirhead, who on the spin just volleys it into the bottom right corner. That was the second assist of the game for Lawless, who had an absolute stormer. And he maybe hasn't remembered in this game as much because he didn't get on the score sheet, but he definitely was pivotal to this win. This just kind of reminded me about Lawless because uh, I remember there was a lot of discussion around the time he left about whether he was still at the level he was in the promotion season and the, kind of, the few seasons after that. So according to FB Ref, which is a pretty good resource for stuff like this, he had five goals and five assists this season, and that's a really impressive number, considering that's not even including cup competitions or anything like that. From that season, there was a wee bit of a drop-off in Lawless. For the next season, it was two goals and two assists, and then the final season when we got relegated, it was a goal and three assists. But we do have to remember that he wasn't starting as many games and getting as many minutes in in the latter seasons in the Premiership than he was in the Championship and kind of the start of our time in the Premiership. I would take these numbers with a pinch of salt, though, because each different resource has slightly different numbers, but they're all in the same ballpark, so it's still pretty useful. Here's David Forrest with his experience of this game. I had a similarly miserable time uh, with this game because I was this I'd never been to Kilmarnock before, um, like to go to football anyway, and um, I'd planned to go to this and then came down with the flu on the Friday oh, night. Yeah. I know, and I was sitting there and I was like, I'm fucking dying, but something's going to happen today. Something, it's going to be a good game. I need to go. Uh, I'll see how I feel in the morning, but. I need to be utterly dead to not go. And then woke up in the morning and was utterly dead. And I was like, oh, it's fine, we'll get beat anyway. And I put on Soccer Saturday and just became strangely more and more raging and delighted at the same time. You know that way where you're happy, but there's also a small undercurrent of being raging because you're not there. Um, yeah, no, and, I, know, I know exactly what you mean. 
And it was just, yeah, it was just that, you know, just just my luck. I'd been to every sort of terrible scudding that we'd seen in about three years. And yeah. um, <laughs> one time we got a bit of luck. I was sitting with the, uh, with the flu in the house. So, yeah. Um, it's unreal, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. The only game I have missed in years, like in so many seasons, is the 3-2 win against Ross County in the League Cup, which was literally our best result of last season. <laughs> I was in Greece. Uh, on my S6 holiday after after leaving school I was in Greece and uh, I was just listening to it I listened to the second half on Jagzone in extra time and I was like this is unbelievable I've, I'm like I've missed like our, one of our best games this season I can, obviously I was happy with the team to get the result but it was like that is so typical it's the only game I've missed in years and that was it it was a good result as well of course so I was like I didn't, I didn't miss like a scud or something Kieran Ashton recalls an incident as the fans went home during Thistle and Kilmarnock's short-lived Premiership rivalry. Um, I remember seeing this headline. It was like, I think it was like when the, 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 the kind of, that was the peak of the comeback of the Thistle hooligans and the casuals and that shit. And I remember I read this headline. It was like 30 fans arrested in Kilmarnock train station brawl or something. I was like, what? Um, I, think it was like, I think it was like after this game that, that there, was like, there was like scrap or something after it. I mean, you know... Um... It's, uh, it's it's not exactly the football factories, is it? <laughs> You're an air shark, I'm done. <laughs> I've got Gordon Sawyer's on the left of my man, Pete. On it. <laughs> Aye, it's more Danny Devine than Danny Dyer. We seem to have had a rivalry with Kelly uh, uh, a little bit, and we seem to be very sort of positioned very equally uh, uh, for quite a bit of time in the Premier League, and it. It, it, it did have a bit of spice to it. Like you, there was some genuine, like you know, rivalry. I think at right. the time, like we we seem to be a team that very much our rivals are very much based on who we are in the same league with. So right. like, it used to be Clyde and stuff like that. I, when think, we were I, think, it, I think it was like um, in our top, that our first two seasons in the top flight, like, we had a wee rivalry with Motherwell. I don't know if that was just between fans, but because um, also they didn't have that Atlantic, they didn't have that Hamilton. I know it's not. Typically, the North Lanarkshire Derby, it's mostly Mullerwell Airdrie, but um, like before Hamilton came into the came into the top flight, like we, we were like the the games against like Mullerwell were um, quite spicy as well. Yeah, that was a brilliant result, that and. I've said this to you guys before, and I'm sure I'm just chewing people's ear off with this stat, but it's driving me mad. I put it on Twitter as well. That is the last time in in the league that we have scored more than three goals in a game, uh, in a league game. That's just, um, that is a shocking stat. That, you know, 2015, 2015 November, that is the last time that we scored more than three goals. And that stat is haunting us. It's been over five years now. It's been half a decade since we scored more than three in the league. I know it's crazy. Like it, you look at, you would expect like with that sort of thing, you expect a rogue result every so often where a team just doesn't turn up and you scud them like five or six nil. Do you know what happens to everyone? Yeah, it's happened I, to I, us. We've done it to people in the past, and it's just not done it in the last five years. It's bizarre. The, the day I thought we were going to do it was when we were three 0 up at Morton at half time. I was like, oh, finally, the stats going to go. I thought that that was, and then we did score a fourth, but it got chopped off for offside, and I swear it wasn't. Blair Spittle was up. Got chopped, goal got chopped off, but now it looks just looks like the stack just wants to hang about for a little bit longer. 
Uh, it's going to be terrible for you on this part of the podcast <laughs> when you go. We've not scored a hat trick since in like two weeks before. Yeah, no, no, we I mean, all, all these all these irrelevant <laughs> stats now. But um, you know what? I will keep I'm this happy. in if that does happen, though, because it would be quite funny. Um, you know what? I, I'm I, I'm happy. I'm happy for the stats to become irrelevant. If <laughs> I'm very happy for me to look like an idiot by going like, oh, we've not scored a hat trick since then. We've not scored three goals since then. I'm happy for it. This game for me really signified a shift. Um, and as I remember watching sports scene and they had this mad vignette of us scoring lots of goals and set to like stock market tickers about how our stock was going up. They they gave out the fact that if they had started in October, we'd have been fourth. I just remember that time after having such a bad start, seeing this game, especially because it included like Balotoni and Higginbottom, who are two key players for ourselves in the seasons prior. Even though Higgy had trailed off, we still missed him and Balotoni. They were sore losses when they left, and I think people had worried about ourselves about trying to replace someone, especially like Balotoni, but you saw like Liam Lindsay coming through. And while Muirhead might have been a false on, I do distinctly remember at that point seeing us play with us such creative freedom and just absolutely hammering the team that, you know, when you saw Lawless in the left and Muirhead in the right, you thought, we we can cope without Higginbottom, we have the replacement. And as Reese mentioned earlier, Lawless really came into his own in this game. I know this is the Muirhead game, but you definitely have to give a shout out to Lawless, especially was this definitely was one when he came out of his shell and really solidified himself as a Thistle legend for, for years to come. We were fantastic this day. It was just wonderful to watch. It was just such a positive period for us at that point. We were winning games and yeah, it was just there was a lot of positivity to it, and to beat Kilmarnock, especially with two ex-players, it kind of left in controversial circumstances. It was it was great. Thank you for joining us on day nine of our twelve days of Archie series. It was narrated by Matt Greer and edited by David Forrest. Contributions from David Forrest, Rhys Jenkins, Jamie MacDonald and Kieran Ashton. As always, stay safe and wear a mask.